0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Africa
2: Africa is the center of the world. Latitude zero, longitude zero. Planned by the creator. Cisantribus was the first man found on the Earth.
3: Six seven nine oh eight four one. Like always, we we're gonna sit in the seat, we're gonna take the heat, and we're gonna define it, and we're gonna stand behind it. And we're gonna do this by introducing our political panelists and analysts for today's program. First we have with us Brother Anthony. We'd like to welcome you to Africa on the moon Welcome, Brother Africa. Welcome, Brother Anthony.
4: Thanks for having me, Brother Africa. Revolutionary greetings to you, the fellow panelists, and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Objective is Pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism.
3: Finally, Brother Anthony, we now will bring in our Brother Moses. Brother Moses,
5: welcome to Africa on the Moon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, Brother Africa, and greetings to everyone within the sound of my voice. Greetings to the panelists. My name is Robert Andrew Moses. I've been in this struggle for scientific socialism from the moment I was introduced to Marxism during a government class during my high school years, 1968. I call Marxism the race to cure racism. I bear witness that there's one God, Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, and that Mao tongue, is his messenger for government. Fathers, help your children. And uh, i just like to say it's an international struggle, and uh, it takes an international perspective to really understand what's going on in the world. Thank you again, Brother Africa, for allowing me to be on the show.
3: Thank you, Brother Moses, for your participation. Father and Brother Moses, we now will bring in Brother Jabari, and welcome him to Africa on the moon. Brother Jabari.
6: Peace, everybody. Brother Jabari, President Researcher, looking forward to another insightful program. Appreciate it, and privilege to take part.
3: And finally, our Brother Jabari, we now bring in Brother Maurice, and we'd like to welcome Brother Maurice to Africa on the moon. Welcome, Brother Maurice. Thank you.
7: Thank you, brother. Thank you, Brother. Uh, uh, Thank you for having me. I want to thank the um, colleagues on the panel for having me and Revolutionary Greetings. My name is Brother Maurice, a member of the PRSP, Pan African Revolutionary Socialist Party. Thank you for having me.
3: Okay, to our listener audience, you know how we run this program. The first segment of the program will deal with what's going on in your world and the community, and we invite you to call in and share with us what's going on in your world and your community. During the segment, we hope to have some. some, um, invited guests to be on to share some special events and work style going on within that organization our community following this segment we will again come with a discussion around our theme tonight, which is part three weapons technology and oppression so that's the line of our order, the line of our order that's the line the order of our line for today and we won't again invite you to come and join us and participate and um this program is here for you, you know. We want to provide critical information so our people can think. And we also, from time to time, we introduce you to various organizations so you can help organize our people. And you know, the only way you can do that is by joining the organization. So please take advantage of this opportunity that exists as we talk about for the next couple of hours, issues and concerns are affecting our people, our community, and the world. So panelists, Alice, again welcome and let's get started with our party. Um, and you know how we do this. We're gonna discuss this issue of what's going on in your world and the community. We're gonna start off first with you, Brother Anthony. What's going on in your world and the community?
4: Okay, uh there's several things. Uh uh starting with um occupied Palestine. Uh the US and the Zionist State of Israel have uh, broken an agreement that would, uh, that would annex uh, all of the West Bank as uh, part of um, uh, Israel's territory without uh, totally excluding the Palestinians, the indigenous people of that area, from the discussion. So it's an intensification of um, you know, uh, settler colonialism in the hands of Zionism uh in libya uh africans are being enslaved uh uh by uh you know uh by, by forces that were opposed uh to the uh to to uh to the uh process uh led by Muammar gaddafi and um there is a thriving market for body parts uh, particularly kidneys uh, going on in Libya as uh, as uh, uh, of this moment also in Ghana uh, let's see uh, under pressure from the students and faculty uh, the, the the statue of Mahatma Gandhi was removed from from the University of Ghana uh, for those who might not be familiar with uh Gandhi's history uh he had very racist attitudes towards africans and uh even though he was he was heralded as a liberator of india he was uh, he was uh he was anti-african uh throughout his uh political uh uh life so uh that's what i have
3: President. Thank you, Brother. Brother Anthony. Uh, Next, we'll start with Brother Moses. Brother Moses, what's going
5: on in your world and community? Well, it's been an interesting period of time since we last talked. I certainly can't ignore the fact that uh, Trump was in peace, exonerated, and uh, he gave his State of the Union speech during a period of time just between the two. And he basically did a PR stunt. You know, he, he, he held up some black faces and, uh, and, and told a bunch of lies and, and, and went on with his appealing to his basis, his, his white superiority capitalist interested base. And, uh, Anyway, so we find the, also the moving. I think it was great that Pal, that Pelosi tore up his speech. I, I don't know. I'm i just I stand with the United Front with the Democratic forces against the fascist forces. Along and I stand united with the socialist and communist forces in that United Front. And uh, and so also. There's, the Palestinians were not only excluded from the negotiations with the, the Jared, uh, son-in-law of Trump, who negotiated with the with the Israelis and uh, came up with the U.S. and Israel position, which basically said they were going to expand Israel and they had a right to the land, and that basically the people would be further removed from the land they expanded into and that they would have no right to return whatsoever and you know it was just all Zionists and uh, a continuation of the same old program of U.S. Israeli expansionism and uh, you know those those were two of the big things that happened recently. Thank you.
3: Thank you Brother Moses. Brother Bobby. What's going on in your world in the community? Okay, well, we wait for our brothers with Bobby. We're going to move forward, and we can go with Brother Maurice. Brother Maurice, what's going on in your world in the community?
7: Yes, well, m- more locally, uh, yesterday I attended a candlelight vigil of a, thir- uh, of a three-year-old boy who was murdered. Who was killed on the south side by a straight bullet, and I, and it, and it's it's related to this program because of the, the all of this violence. Um, at the at the during the vigil, there was people were saying that uh we need to you know the same old saying that every, every vigil we need to stop the violence, which we really do. We need to stop the violence, but in order to to say all these things, you get we got to understand that this stuff is going to honestly continue because when you have an economic base. Based off uh, capitalism, which which promotes uh, violence, sex, and money, and propaganda, and and, uh, and also with the poverty conditions, all these all these um, other questions that we dealing with with a casino being built down the street from from the community where a uh, young brother was murdered at, and then we have a, a neighborhood project, gentrification project that's taking place um, in Richmond here in Richmond. Then we have a a homeless tent city camp. Um, led by a, a, a African sister Camp Cap, Kathy, a black woman, they're trying to shut that down. And and then you add that in with the school to prison pipeline. Uh, all this is produced under the economic system of capitalism. This stuff will, will continue, but it was just heartbroken and, and it was uh, frustrating just to see that the same rhetoric is being promoted at these candlelight vigils. And I'm not knocking it, but we need to, you know, we need to make an alternative at these villages and look at the bigger question of the economic base. So that's what's going on in, 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 in my world um uh, yesterday and uh and I conclude with that.
3: As we see we have Jabari. Jabari what's going on in your world in the community?
6: First and foremost let me apologize because due to some techn technological tone foolery somehow I got disconnected but I'm back. Um <clears throat> I recently read an article entitled Downloading Public Court Documents Calls the Dama Page, Is That Legal? And the article was referencing the PACER system, which is a way that in regards to federal court decisions, people would be able to access um, the documents that were relevant to the case in regards to federal courts. While it is ideally, you would say it's good to have access to resources um like this, the question is, why would you create a resource like this that can gather a lot of good information, make a commodity out of it? Because as we all know, core documents are very um, long in terms of how many pages they're composed of. So if you're talking charging 10 cents pages for the thousands upon thousands of pages, that's an easy way to make a cash grab. Because it was estimated in 2016 alone, they made some around 146 million million off of people accessing federal court documents on the spatial system. So one thing you got to understand as you talk about capitalism is that information is trying, as much as they can, they're going to turn it into a commodity. They're not going to try to make it accessible so that people can change the conditions they're in.
3: Mm. Okay, panelists. And just we'd like to thank you for sharing some perspective on some of the things that's going on in your world community and with our listening audience, we would like for you to call in and share your thoughts by dialing at 323-679-0841. We will continue the discussion, and we will come back and discuss some of these issues that has just been articulated from our panelists and analysts. We will do this when we come back from our station break. You are listening to Africa on the Move. <laughs> i we are celebrating so-called African History Month or Black History Month we must keep that in mind learn that history so we are not going to repeat it again now as we come back to what's going on in our world community there was some concerns and issues that raised by Brother Anthony we'd like to talk a little bit about in the context of speaking to the Palestinians and the uh, uh, organization and the taking of the West Bank and make them become the so-called so-called occupied state of Palestine, which some call Israel, but we don't recognize something that has been stolen. But in the context, panelists and brother Anthony and Dan Moses, I'd like for y'all to take a lead in the discussion. When we look at this continuation of U.S. support for injustice, U.S. support for the wrong side, U.S. support for settler colonialism, and U.S. support for the oppressors, what do you see change? What, what, you, what kind of changes do you realize, uh, really fundamentally believe, that will take place as finally as, as it relates to this whole question of Palestinians having the right to their own sovereignty and acquiring their own land back? Because they are struggling that history is very similar to the realities the African people find themselves, you know, in Africa throughout the world, where the land has been taken by outsiders, and we are now living under settler, settler occupation. So your response to your question of settler occupation and this question of might not make it right, Brother Anthony, as it relates to this Palestinian, uh, israeli really, um conflict.
4: Well, the underlying principle of settler colonialism is that might makes right, and that if you're able to seize a piece of land and hold on to it, it becomes yours. Which is not, uh, which is not, which is not true, and uh, you know, and doesn't uh, stand the test of history. And uh, the U.S. and uh, design the State of Israel are both settler colonies, and uh, and now an analysis of U.S. history shows that they have a great deal in common. They they occupy stolen land in the interests of a of uh, imperialism and only the organized people can actually liberate that land and uh, and as martin luther king jr said uh injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere so africans will never know any justice in the world as long as there is oppression and settler colonialism uh, you know, exists anywhere in the world. So we must, you know, unite with our Palestinian brothers to crush settler colonialism wherever it rears itself. And bear in mind that this land that uh, that we sit on belongs to the so uh, you know to the indigenous people of this hemisphere. And uh, it's because of uh, capitalism that the indigenous people of this hemisphere not have control of their land tonight. They are struggling for it though.
3: Brother well, Moses, this question of occupation, this question of Palestinians are not being recognized as a human beings. What do you think the end game would be as relates to the current trend and what's taking place in the region?
5: Well, I think we we have to learn we have to learn lessons. Uh, uh, the FARC in Colombia gave up their weapons, and they're being killed killed to this day. Uh, slowly but surely, uh, uh, nothing reactionary falls of its own accord. It has to be toppled. And so we have to organize, we, we have, and we have to continue to organize. We can't give up and, and give in. And the Palestinians and the Palestinian organizations must uh, continue to struggle and, and, and advocate for their rights. Uh, this is, we must do this. Uh, uh, the, the future is bright. It's, no lie can last forever. The, the people of the world... Uh, many people of the world know the truth, and and are on the side of the Palestinians, uh, and we must continue to to show support in whatever means we can for the Palestinian cause. That understand is their land, and these Zionist military settlers state, as which is just an extension of the U.S. Army and industrial military complex. Uh, it's just an extension of it, and, and we have to understand that and see that the heart of the beast is here, and we got to deal with it. Uh, it's easier said than done, but we we have to. We defining the problem is is a big part of solving the problem, and we have to get clear on where the who the enemy is, and that's that's. Uh the US government and the Israeli government are, are have to have to ultimately be toppled. That's the bottom line. Thank you.
3: You know, brothers uh Moses and Jabari, when we look at this this this, this conflict in Palestine between the Palestinians and the Zionist forces, often the oppressor in the West will make the Palestinians as being violent people. And they also would tell them they need to be nonviolent and peace, nonviolent to them. But I'm trying to figure out, as a student of history, is how do you deal with forces who only understand the philosophy of be right, and they are the ones who are delivering the blows, and they are not the ones who taking the blows. How do you be nonviolent with a with a force that has no conscience? with the force that understand the violence. What do you say to you that logic about the Palestinians need to be non-violence in order to solve that problem? Brother Maurice um, and dear Brother Jabari, your response to that narrative? All
7: right. So, so tonight they had a presentation uh, of a movie. Uh, at, at, I'm sorry. It was provided by the RVA Voices from the Holy Land film series, and they showed a movie titled uh, Martin Luther <laughs> King and Palestine, and in the movie basically you have Palestinians and, and Africans working Africans from America uh, working together on this play. And during while working on this play, they uh, they have a communication about uh Malcolm and Martin, right? And and it was a Palestinian brother who stated that we do did we we don't been nonviolent for a long time and we are losing thousands of people. Nonviolence you can't be and, and it got to the point of the of the movie uh, of the uh, of the um presentation of the docu- documentary, the brothers uh, stated that um you can't be nonviolent. He quoted Malcolm basically: you can't be nonviolent with a people who don't have no no more hide or no you know no uh who are not who are not nonviolent. You can't be nonviolent with, with violent people. <laughs> That's suicidal, basically. At the end of the day. So back to the question that you asked earlier: what, are, what what's going to stem from this? Um I feel like um more of the Palestinians are gonna become more uh more revolutionary than they already are. I feel and they and they're gonna you know, they they're gonna embrace more self defense um uh, mechanisms because it's it's the same it's, it's the same thing that's going on over there with breaking up Palestine. They are doing it here in black communities, they done did it in Africa. you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's to the point it's to the point that and I and I quote something else. I quote something else that uh, a Palestinian sister stated in the in the uh in the film. She stated that maybe it's good that they're killing all these people because the more people they kill, the more the more that the world's gonna work, wake up and be aware of this violence and killing that's going on. And hopefully that the awareness will bring about a revolutionary uh thinking in the people uh, in the world, and also would ever lead to revolutionary action. So I feel like it's going to get to that, to that, it's getting to that point.
3: Well, Jabari, what Jabari, you make of this phenomenon taking place between the Palestinians? In regard, and, uh, yes, go ahead, Jabari.
2: In,
6: in regards to the question posed, we're dealing with strategy versus tactics. As a tactic. It is a perfectly accessible option to try to use the most civil means to achieve the name. But strategy-wise, you got to remember everything is important to put at the table, and the perfect time for it would be the game of chess. Because in game of chess, there's a time where you have to be offensive and be on the attack. There's a game. There's a time where you kind of have to um, stand still, and let the situation be what it is, and then there's a time you have to be um, more on the defensive, where you're going to planning. Um, mode to um, develop the perfect means to execute that, what you're trying to accomplish. And the thing is, if you ever get too wrapped up on any particular tactic used as a strategy, you're making a very fatal flaw because every tactic has its strengths and weaknesses. You got to understand that depending on the time and the situation of um, what you're trying to address, your strategy has to um, be intact in in a good way.
3: Okay. Brother Afton, you made the issue of uh, Africans being enslaved in Libya. When you're speaking on the issue, it made me think about something read really many years ago when he stated that um when you're looking at the enemy, you must realize that historically anything that they have anything that they have been successful in that has had success, they will never give give it up. Now when we talk about enslaving Africans in Libya we're talking about the same players we have enslaved Africans historically and the rest of the world. Now, what do you make of this whole, whole question of who do you see are the major players to allow this condition or create the conditions for this to continue to take place um, in Libya at this point in time? Uh,
4: primarily capitalism. Through the feudal forces that exist in Libya. Uh, there, there, there was a trans Sahara slave trade as well as a transatlantic uh, slave trade. And uh, right now, uh, be, with the uh, uh, collapse of uh, the government in Libya, uh, factionalism in Libya is running rife. And you have all these feudalistic uh forces competing uh for turf and control and resources and you ha- and combine that with Africans struggling uh to get to Europe for very simple reasons you know f- uh, either of uh, f- fleeing war poverty or whatever, but they're trying to get to europe and they- and uh, and one of the major routes uh in recent history has been through Libya, and uh there are uh, Opportunity forces that are taking advantage of the desperate plight of uh of the Africans in order to uh to exploit them for their uh, uh, for their labor and for their body parts because there's a big demand for part parts with the advances in transplant technology. And so, uh, so it, uh, you know, it's a combination of things. But there's a history to it. But it's a case of the uh, anti people uh, really taking exploit uh, exploiting the uh, the, mass, the people's class.
3: You know, after one of the things that came to mind when you was discussing that phenomenon was that it wasn't a ago where U.S. and NATO, Western NATO went into Libya and assassinate uh, the Libyan people and their brother and sister president, uh, Brother Omar Gaddafi. And one of the things that, as the former secretary of uh, the U.S., Hillary Clinton, one of the things history has recorded is that she played a major role or directing the forces inside Libya, and she encourages and creates conditions where they want to do some kind of ethnic clean, cleansing. And that was to get rid of and kill all the dark-skinned Africans in Libya. So it's hard for me not to believe that when we talk about the major corporate players of, of what's taking place in Libya today, one must look at U.S. U.S. foreign policy and the role and the conditions that they are playing. Because again, here you have the well knowing that this is going on, and you have the U.S. government going around saying that they are institution or government based on democracy and being democratic, etc., which has been run by and under the so-called control of the Republican and Democratic Party. Clearly, with this happening, African and the United States need to take a serious look, not only at the historical role of U.S. foreign policy towards Africa, but more particularly the role and the complicity of the two political parties, the Democratic and Republican Party pennies of response to that to that to that particular narrative I just laid out.
4: I agree. Uh I think the problem is uh the media shows confusion by playing up the uh you know, the alleged differences between the Republicans and Democrats. But if you look at their policy as a whole, worldwide, and inside the U.S., uh, they're, they're very similar. The difference is mainly in style. But, you know, but the thing is, you got to understand, is the essence is the same. The exploitation and subjugation of African people around the world.
7: Hey, please, like can,
3: can you ask yeah, the question well, I, again? I'm sorry. Yeah, the question. I really like the question. I'll make more of a statement. I'd just like to hear some uh, feedback to my statement. Looking at the scenario that Brother Anthony articulated earlier about Africans inside of Libya being um, assassinated being assassinated, is that who are the major corporate behind this? See, they may make us think that the forces in Libya, within the context of Libya, are the ones who are actually killing the Africans inside of Libya. But there's a greater power and greater um, mechanism that is taking place outside of Libya that giving credence and approval <clears throat> to these particular behavior when it, comes to the, when it comes to what's going on in Libya. And I'm saying that this can't be disconnected from the history and role that the U.S. has played in the overthrow of, of their president and the behavior and attitude that Hillary Clinton expressed openly. Towards African people in Libya, you know, she she was part of this whole program of wanting to do some kind of ethnic cleansing of Africans inside of Libya. So I'm saying this can't take place without the participation and, and the welcoming of, of, of the U.S. and, and, and its institutions. Just your general response to that?
7: Oh yeah, definitely. That's that's dead spot on. Because when you look at uh, and you can't leave out uh, France. France is definitely a part of that, and then you got uh, a Western institution by the name of United Nation, United Nations, who put in a weak, a a, a weak, basically a fluff, gov, fluff of a government, and they put this leader in uh, in charge. I don't, you know, Khalifa Hifter. Sound like his name is Adolf? Apparently, <laughs> Adolf. Hitler but Khalifa Hifter. And you talk to them, you know, when you say Hillary Clinton want to kill all the dark skin Africans or, Li- or the dark skin Libyans specifically, but then you got this guy in charge of Khalifa Hifter who got history. If, from from if I'm mistaken, I read an article that state that stated that that uh, Khalifa has he, he lives um, in Langley, Virginia. Anybody familiar with Langley, Virginia, know that's the home of the of of, of uh, the CIA headquarters. If, uh, you see what I'm saying? Uh, so basically, this guy right here is is obviously and I, I and I and I want to recall that his his son he has a son in the United States. Uh, uh, that that's in the United States uh former military. So basically I want to I, I i want to go back and I would urge listeners and my uh fellow panelists to re- research that and uh to correct me if I'm wrong on that on that um on 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 that fact if you will or on that uh piece of information. So basically when we dealing with uh when you say the US <laughs> a major player definitely when you look at stuff like this uh, you know with Khalifa Haftar uh basically trying to be the face of Libya it is it's, it's 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 um it's it's a disgrace, man. This this is what we're dealing with. We've been dealing with this for a for, for a long time. And this, this is what this is what capitalists Western European Europeans and capitalists produce, man. So yes, I, I totally agree with that statement.
3: And this notion that slavery is something that's past it can't come back. It's a continuing manner that freedom is something that you just don't acquire and you have it forever. Freedom is something not only do you acquire it by struggle, but you must continue to struggle to keep it. And when we talk about slavery, and we talk about this whole concept of if they ever did something with a successful end, they will never give it up. So, this whole question of we know how successful slavery has been in terms of building these institutions, building these empires. And, build, and creating capital for, for the ruling class. So even around this question of slavery, I think African people, all people need to be aware of, if it's taking place there, it's not just going to end there because they never gave up the, the whole methodology of slavery. It never changes, and I do agree with Nkrumah when he made a statement that capitalism is just another form of slavery. You know, this whole concept of being wage-anneled, so I just find this whole phenomenon, um, brother Anthony, and what's going on in Libya, is a continuation of our fight for our total liberation as a people and for human humanity. Because um, power will not give itself up; you will have to take it. So, anyone last like big response to the Libya situation for move forward?
5: Well, there's no question that that the democratic. Uh, this system of government, so-called in the U.S. of A., is democracy in words and imperialism in deeds. Um, this is this is the contradiction we're faced with. Um, um, the most democratic of all people should be the socialist and communist people, uh, in terms of actually real, true democracy, which is working class and and, and scientific socialism, ultimately. And uh, so, you know, we're faced with, with a bunch of contradictions. I mean, Obama, it was under Obama's watch that uh, Gaddafi was killed. I mean, we can never forget that. Uh, Hillary Clinton definitely said she came, she saw, and she, whatever she, she killed or whatever her statement was, uh, it was definitely fascistic, I would say, Uh but that's the nature of fascism. Fascism is is the most uh, outward and uh, blatant system of racism and finance capital dominating. Uh, it's uh, the tyranny of finance capital, as, as J.B. Stalin said. It's the tyranny of finance capital. And so we have to understand that fa- we have to fight fascism and uh, we have to use the weapons at our disposal, and we, there's a lot of contradictions involved in the world today. I'd like to also mention that in Barbados, I believe it is, the, the descendants of the, of the slaves are still there, and uh, they never, if, if I understand it correctly, that land, the Constitution in Barbados gives the land to all the people, and there is no private ownership of land. And so since the the hurricane though has put that situation in, in big jeopardy because the people uh uh needs uh to recover and so there's a, a movement to privatize the land basically uh, to sell deeds and and rights to the land and uh uh and uh that's capitalism being encroached in Spread and, and uh, imperialism And, and we, should stay, we should stand With the Barbados people who are struggling Against this, this new system And this new law they're trying to pass Thank you
3: And Brother Anthony uh, You made one other interesting point In the life of the world to think about Particularly Africans is around this question You said there was a There was a response Or a movement going on in Ghana where Africans are becoming more conscious of their history, and they are beginning to define or redefine who should be their friends, who should be their enemies, enemies, and what kind of statues and symbols are worthy to be in the midst of their people. And they Mm -hmm. found that um, Mahathir Gandhi was taken down because they realized when it came to him, his perspective and attitudes toward African people were very reactionary. Panelists, which y'all make up this whole idea that African people need to re at our history and come to some kind of collective, collective uh, agreement or redefining who was our friends and who was our allies and what statues should be worthy to be in our midst? Y'all respond to the issue of Mahatma Gandhi cause they would tell most Africans or give you the illusion uh, he was our friend based upon, really solely based upon Martin King' position in terms of taking certain aspect or some ideas maybe from him and his movement. Y'all' response to this question of removing statues of people who were not who were not truly African African people or African friends friends of Africa.
6: You know the thing, unfortunately, from a cultural perspective, oftentimes we're enamored with symbolism. And we may think of, in regards to being enamored with the symbolism, we oftentimes put people on the pedestal, which is a very dangerous thing to do, because while we want to celebrate those who do help us, we got to be mindful to not make them more than what they are. And while, tactically, there were certain things that King agreed with in terms of the approach that Gandhi took, If you do the research, you will find out in terms of what he thought of African, he thought very little of them, if anything. And the thing is, given the constant um, bombardment of propaganda we dealt with, oftentimes we're we're still doing this. Because think about how many people, when you look at the 44th president, Barack Obama, how many people have created makeshift shrines in their home to celebrate what was the so-called first black president and how we've made it when you look at the policies that definitely gives you another perspective you need to pay attention to. So we got to understand that given the miseducation that we constantly face, we fall into a very dangerous habit of doing this over and over again.
3: Mm-hmm. What where I take you Anyone else like to sponsor this phenomenon? Yes. yes. And I, and I,
4: oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Maurice. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, brother Anthony. Um,
7: no, I, I was just going to say I, I agree with Brother Jabari. You got to be very careful with idolizing, uh, putting somebody up on a pedestal, and that mindset is, is a feudalistic and capitalistic mindset hierarchy. You know, putting somebody on 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 a pedestal. And my and my whole thing is with with Gandhi. Um, people overlook Martin Luther King. He also um, was inspired by Martin's God, he was also inspired by you know uh, people like Kwame Nkrumah. He was also And and from from my my understanding, uh, with with getting involved with uh, being outspoken with the Vietnam War, brother Kwame Ture kind of lit that fire underneath him and some other brothers that uh, 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 Kwame Kwame Ture named. So my whole thing is we can't just look. We we, they just look at one person, Gandhi, and go build a statue. Uh, King was influenced by a lot of people. Mainly, mainly uh, African people. So, you know, when we when we when we look at that, you just can't get. I'll say, oh Gandhi, and I understand he took the mass approach. Uh, he, he took the great approach to uh, nonviolence, but we got to understand that MLK, he was kind of, huh, towards the end of his life, he was kind of second guessing himself. He stated that he he felt kind of guilty of integrating his people into a burning house with this with this uh, uh, rhetoric. So. We got to be mindful of that, I, and, and I, I, would, I would add that—that's my contribution to
4: that. Yeah, I would—I uh, would say that a lot of people, that that a lot of Africans misunderstood Gandhi, and uh, and uh, and it was the government of Ghana, uh, you know, in in, in order to main that in order in and as show assure friendship with India, put up the statue of Gandhi at the University of Ghana. In spite of the opposition from the faculty and students at the University of Ghana, because uh, apparently there were some Africans that were aware of Gandhi's history in Africa, and uh, why, and and uh, and they were questioning why, you know, we elevate uh, why we were elevating someone else other than ourselves. You know, so um you know so, and I think that was a a a valid struggle and uh and the thing battle and the same battle you you have to look at the uh, at their history, not just a piece of it, not just what the media wants uh uh you know wants people to see and i think and I think that's a major problem, and the thing about battle though what what King didn't understand is that Gandhi used nonviolence as a tactic in the struggle. Uh, uh, let's see, there was a brother, uh, who was a, a friend of mine, that told me that, uh, that the organization that Gandhi was a part of had an armed wing. And Gandhi was a soldier in the South African Army, uh, you know, before he was uh, deported to India. So, uh, you know, so the, uh, you know, the thing about it, though, uh, you know, uh, King, uh, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, made that fundamental error of making nonviolence a principle instead of a tactic in the struggle. And that's hey, what brother, we have hey, to guard again.
3: Hey, Brother Anthony, what we're going to do right now, we're going to pause for the calls. When we come back, we continue discussion. We're going to bring in our sister, Impa Um She'll give us an update on what's going on in her world, her community. And we'll always like to invite you, the listening audience, to call in and share your information. on What's going on in your world and community? So we're going to pause for this cause. We can come back, we're going to bring in our sister and we will continue the discussion. You got to listen to Africa on the move. <laughs>
2: Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right.
1: this segment of Africa on the Move and of course greetings to all of your listeners and supporters. Um, You know this is of course Black African History Month and of course some of us observe it every day but certainly there are some noteworthy things that uh, needs to be looked at uh, at times to a greater extent and so I think this month is of course important for, for that and other reasons. Um, As we are observing this month, needless to say, we are also preparing for next month, which, of course, is going to be Women's History Month. And needless to say, we are going to focus on Pan-African women uh, for next month. Um, I'm saying that because to connect what we call the black dots. We are presently preparing to go into the United Nations next month, Um, and and again, this will enable us to connect with our sisters that come in from various countries throughout the diaspora, uh, because every year the United Nations have sessions that they call uh, the CWS, uh, I'm sorry, the CSW, and this year I think it's the CSW 64, uh, which is the Commission on the Status of Women. Um, this year is going to be important and significant because it will commemorate the 25-year anniversary of the conference that took place in Beijing, China, uh, uh, 25 years ago. And uh, a lot of our women in the U.S. know little to nothing about that. And so MWM now, as the first global movement for women and girls of African descent, is really making certain that we connect to a greater extent, with our families in our communities to really know what's going on locally nationally and of course now internationally in this day and age if if we're not kind of doing these things simultaneously uh, we're not going to be able to advance in the manners that we need to expeditiously. needless to say and so again uh for march the 13th and 14th in particular uh, there's two sessions that one of our sisters will be uh, involved in. She is actually uh, one of the key facilitators uh, at the UN on the 13th and 14th, Sister Angela, who is one of our Million Women March Universal Movement Coordinators. And again, this helps us to connect with our sisters that will be coming in from all parts of the diaspora. And so it allows us to really kind of uh, exchange information to build greater sisterhood, but also now to see how we can, in fact, connect some of these programs and these other initiatives that we really need to do. Um, While other people are focusing on Africa, the question has to be, what now are we doing to focus on Africa? And, And specifically for me, what are our women doing here in the U.S.? To focus on our motherland. Well, we have an answer to that. And it is now to build the kinds of uh, programs and other kinds of things that literally is going to enable our sisters to do more and to be more productive uh, within the next uh, five years in particular. We have something called the Black Print 2020 to 25. And so, again, our mission for 2020 is specifically to begin to connect the dots. Uh, here in the U.S., we now have something called the Commission for the Status, uh, on the Status of African Women, North America. Since the United Nations has the Commission on the Status of Women, we've now taken the opportunity to develop the Commission on the Status of African Women, North America. So that that way in the future, when these conversations and forums and other things are being held uh, by these various entities, we will have a unit in place that has already done the kinds of research, analysis, documentation, so that when we're sitting at these tables, we can represent and present on behalf of our sisters here in North America that does not exist presently until now at least to the extent that it needs to so now when we sit down with our sisters uh that are representing from other countries and we talk about health we talk about education we talk about our families now we can do it from a perspective that is specifically here but also connects to the the bigger picture how can we connect these dots and so now Uh, We've created some mechanisms to do that. This year we are beginning our factory, uh, our first factory sewing team uh, here in Philadelphia. We now have uh, and are registering our first group for phase one is sisters that are are said to be formerly incarcerated, returning citizens, uh, and also sisters that are coming from abusive situations. Well, now we literally have a cadre. Uh, that's developed for them that will give them training or some instruction in sewing. Uh, They will not only learn sewing, they're going to learn or get information that is relevant to us, meaning our fabrics. They'll know what those fabrics are from various countries. They'll know the significance of various patterns. They're going to get information that's relevant to our culture, our traditions. So they're not just going to get how to make a garment, but also how is that connected to a much bigger picture. And particularly for women, cloth has always been something that has connected our women. All over the world and particularly in Africa so we're going to use those models now to make certain that we're able to do the kinds of bonding with one another as women but now also produce the things that is necessary it helps to stabilize us as a people and certainly clothing is one of those things so now we're able to do three things at one time minimally one provide education information training Two, provide a capability for economics, finance, development. Three, definitely enable a greater capability of sisterhood, black womanhood, African womanhood. So this is what we've learned to now do, to to be able to grow and develop collectively, personally, but also to make certain that our families, our communities, our nations are able now to also flourish all at one time so so that's our report or at least part of it for now and brother Africa I thank you so much again for allowing us to share this information we now have membership available we had at least 20 new memberships for our sisters starting as, as little as $1 we say $1 and or one hour because we value your time we value all of what our sisters can do now to help build this movement. So if you're interested in any kind of manner, feel free to contact us at NationalMWM at AOL.com. Again, NationalMWM at AOL.com. We now have our first dashikis available. This is Black History Month. Certainly this is a time of the year that many of our people wear our traditional types of clothing well over the past couple of years a lot of people have been purchasing other people's daishikis those patterns that you're seeing a lot on a day-to-day basis those are not our patterns those paisley looking patterns from the 60s those are not our patterns nice and and you know comfortable etc but they came from an era when we could not get our traditional fabrics our traditional patterns well, now we're in 2020. We have the capability to get and have and do our own motifs, our own traditional types of, of colors and so forth and so on. So now we're saying to our people, if you can purchase other people's daishiki, certainly you can purchase our dynasty daishiki, and we invite you to do so. We have them for sale now. Uh, This helps us to build our factory. Uh, We are partnering with the company presently, but we will be manufacturing our own. This enables us to begin uh, obtaining the kinds of uh, things that we need to do so. We have four sewing machines now. However, we want to upgrade all of that into power sewing in the very near future. So, again, we, we hope that you will support our Dynasty Dashiki kind of collection that's coming. Again, you can email us at nationalmwm at aol.com. You can make a donation at any time of any amount by using Cash App, and our Cash App handle is dollar sign H O T one 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 one. Again, dollar sign H O T one 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 one. Or you can PayPal, use your PayPal, and just send that to N Project at gmail.com again np I'm sorry Project at gmail.com and that stands for National Black Human Rights Project thank you Brother Africa
3: Sister, can we ask you two quick things before you leave here number one mm-hmm. can you give up the status and update of We Child Genocide Campaign In a
1: petition,
3: how is that going?
1: How can people participate? Oh, yeah, and that again is our National Black Human Rights Project. Um, We'll have a lot of information ready for you on February the 21st, in particular. That, of course, is the day, the uh, ancestral day for Malcolm X, El Haj Malik, El Shabazz. And so we selected that day to really begin to launch our next phase. Uh, For those that do not know, the We Charge Genocide 21 is is what we feel uh, a major step forward in really bringing, again, connecting those black dots of Mother Callie House, Queen Mother Moore, Dr. Robert Brock, of course, the great Paul Robeson, William Patterson, and needless to say, Malcolm X. All of these and others brought about the, the whole idea and the focus of not just civil rights, but human rights, and also reparations, reparatory justice, restitution, etc. So we've, we've examined a lot of their work, and, and now we're ready to continue to, to accept the responsibility of continuing their work. The last days, the last two years of Malcolm X's work was specifically geared to the issue of human rights. Him going to Africa, meeting with heads of state, et cetera. So, we've researched that and literally have some of the paperwork uh, relevant to that. We, we want our people to know and to see some of the work that our people have done over the years in that area, and we'd be prepared to continue that work. So, September will be in Washington, D.C., we're hoping to meet at Howard. Uh, primarily because of its historical significance. We know that, of course, Baba Kwame Ture did a lot of work at Howard. uh, uh, But if we can't get Howard, because, you know, a lot of these colleges sound good today, but we all know how they oftentimes are now operating. But at any rate, we plan to meet uh, at Howard hopefully in September for our Black Human Rights Summit slash Indaba, And at that time, there's going to be a mass assembly, The Mass Assembly is our first step of what we call the Declaration, where this past year, 2019, observed the 400-year commemoration of the first recorded Africans being brought into uh, English America for what we know now as the uh, start of the peculiar institution, i.e. transatlantic slave trade. And so last year, 2019, many people observed it, some commemorated in it, and some even had the audacity to use the terminology of celebration. Um, you know, what can we say? But what we can say and do is this. What is our response to 400 years? And our response is we charge genocide. And and not like Paul Robeson and William Patterson, who were incredible in 1951, taking that petition to the United Nations and to Paris. Their petition focused, for the most part, on the brutalization, the hangings, the murders, et cetera, of our people throughout the the U.S. And they documented that, I mean, incredibly, in 1951 with uh, no Internet, et cetera. So now we're saying we charge genocide 21 because we're in the 21st century. And it's not just police and governmental terrorism. It is inferior education. It is, of course, environmental racism. Right now in Flint, they still do not have drinkable water. They not only can't drink it, they can't bathe in it, they can't cook, none of that. You have other cities that are now going through that. So, again, we're not just talking about the blatant racism, the blatant uh, attempt of global supremacy in our communities. We're talking about subtle and then not so subtle forms of genocide, crimes against humanity, ethnocide, menticide, and and a form of ethnic cleansing in the modern day format. So all of these things are relevant to genocide, and we want the world to now see and know that all of us didn't fall asleep. All of us didn't sell out. All of us didn't give up. Some of us are wide awake and stay woke. And as such, we charged genocide. And as such, we are now in the process of obtaining our first million signatures that we'll take to the United Nations on or around December 10th, which is International Human Rights Day, to begin to again appeal to the African Union and the rest of the United Nations in regards to supporting in whatever way possible, our position of getting, obtaining justice in every way possible. And we feel, we know this is going to take some time, but hey, you know, what? Else? Hey, we're here to do it regardless. So again, come September, that'll be the first step. And again, we're hoping that our brothers and sisters will support this campaign, just many ways, set up a forum in your community, participate in a telephone conference call, help us with... Our publications, some are our brochures, some are flyers, that helps our people to know that we're coming from civil rights to human rights, from march to movement, and definitely from a chump era to victory.
3: And last but not least, Sister Empress, I you, uh, we have often heard you speak to and take upon the banner of dealing with. Uh, it has been recently reported over 70,000 African women in the U.S. alone is missing, and this issue of body parts being used to yeah. subsidize other people's lives. And we have just recently had a discussion prior to before you came on about this is a phenomenon that is taking place now in Libya, where they are killing Africans, genocide Africans, and they are taking their body parts. Can you just speak a little bit on that phenomenon? And we will greatly thank you for your contribution to today's program. That seems to be a link
4: between um, yes, you two.
3: This is why we must work together uh, as one people. One absolutely. Goal.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's it's very, very important, as you said. We must connect, and we must begin to to really understand the dynamics of what we're dealing with. Uh, I spoke to Sister Janine Africa yesterday, and of course, for those that do not know, uh, she and Sister Janet were released uh, a few months ago after f- over 40 years of incarceration. Uh, they are part of the, the Move Nine, and, and of course, all of the Move family members are now home. But I spoke with Sister Jeanine yesterday, and it just so happened I mentioned to her that a, a white female here in Pennsylvania uh, in January has become the second, what they call the second successful uterus transplant. Now, we're sure that they've done many of these, but now they're ready to come out with it. Uh, What we mean by successful, or what they mean by successful, is that uh, this female literally had a child after undergoing a uterus transplant. Um, The thing is, uh, several years ago, there was a big kind of uh, thing over uh, young brothers missing in Atlanta. And, of course, there was a lot of so-called conspiracy theories about that. Interestingly enough, uh, they're talking about reopening some of that. And what I forgot until recently is that no one was ever found or charged or anything in any of those murders of those young brothers. Uh, The person that they did arrest was charged with two murders of two men not children or not anyone under 18. I found that very interesting that that somehow they got past us. The point is now to fast forward, because I always look at how they do a trial run on things and they see what people's responses are going to be. Fast forward, here we now have, as Brother Africa mentioned, the report is that 70,000, 70,000, are reported missing young women black women and girls i mean uh, women and girls right at least at least 70,000 presently now we know that that's not being uh, told in our communities i just learned recently just in this past few months that 70 70 women in the past 10 years have been reported in chicago As being either strangled or suffocated seven zero just in Chicago so now we are putting out a what we call a state of emergency because as we begin to further research we're now hearing in Baltimore the number of young girls missing in Baltimore now so here's the point the point is that who cares who's saying anything doing anything are the so-called officials doing any active investigation? Our research is saying no. And a few years ago, for those that don't remember, in Cleveland, Ohio, they had something called the House of Horrors. This was roughly 10 years ago. Most didn't hear about it, where at least, I think it was 11 women were found in a house, dismembered, Um. They only found them because the smell in the house started coming out into the community and the people in the neighborhood started complaining about the smell in the house. And that's when the so-called authorities began to investigate, even though their families were saying, you know, these women are missing, et cetera, But several of the women had history with drugs. A few had a history with prostitution. And therefore, Nobody was really looking for them like that. Come to find out, these women had been murdered, uh, dismembered, bodies dismembered, and and so forth and so on. So this was 10 years ago. Again, just fast forward. This situation has been reoccurring, reoccurring over and over here in the U.S., and very little has been said. You have thousands of anti-violence groups and organizations in our communities 95% of them do nothing relevant to the violence and abuse of our women and girls. They are primarily focused on gun violence and gang violence. So we're challenging that now and saying 95% of these people are getting money for their program. We are demanding that they have to include something that's relevant to our women and girls now, because the numbers have increased dramatically and, and it's now reaching a crisis stage, particularly now when we're talking about body parts, which we now have evidence and documentation that is showing that the desire or the need for eyes, heart, liver, kidneys, and now uteruses is definitely on the rise. So in talking again to Sister Janine, she brought to my attention yesterday when I told her about the woman who had the successful transplant. She said that while she was incarcerated in these years, at least half of the women have undergone hysterectomies because for their examinations, they were told something was wrong and that it was suggested that they get a hysterectomy. Now, this is on the inside. So nobody knows what's going on, because I didn't know it until yesterday. My point is, this is the kind of things that's going on right before our eyes, and we are not responding. Well, we don't know, but this is why we're doing the work that we're now doing. So MWM has created both the uh, National Black Women's Defense and Justice League, as well as something that we call Degrees of Captivity and Freedom. So that we can connect directly with our women that are incarcerated, begin to build with them, and also prepare for when they come out. And that's why, again, we have this sewing circle so that when these women come out, they can come to us and not just to a halfway house or some reentry program that is only going to reprogram them and then possibly even encourage them to deal with a form of recidivism.
3: Okay, Sister Empress again. How can they contact you and your organization? And we'd like to thank you for sharing with us uh, what's going on in your world community and the work that you and your organization is doing. Again, how can they contact you?
1: By all means, family. Please feel free to do so. We are readily available. Uh, we do a lot of communications ongoing, uh, but our email addresses are national, spelled out. N a t i o n a l m w m at AOL.com. dot com. Also a m b w r twenty twenty at gmail.com. And that represents a million Black women rising twenty twenty. But just use the uh, the, the the letters a m b wr2020 at gmail.com and you can also call us by way of telephone area code 267-636-3802 we'd be more than happy to hear from you if you have a report of, of anything relevant to what we've talked about we welcome your report if you have an article send it to us we we love to get information this is very important. Uh, wherever you're at, if you hear anything about a young uh, sister or a, a black woman or anything that's relevant in our community, send it to us. We we appreciate all of the information so that we can help our people to be more informed.
3: And our listen audience can listen to your radio program on Saturday nights when and how?
1: Yep, every Saturday night. Actually, help us with our celebration this year. We are in our 12th year. Come April, it will be 12 straight years of Speak Truth to Power information. Uh, We have never had a grant, never had corporate sponsoring. So, again, uh, we're hoping that people will now become members of New Day Resurrection and Liberation. We're getting ready to put up a YouTube channel to help facilitate Uh, some some more uh, advanced kinds of uh, dialogues and information. But we are on every Saturday night at 1030 p.m. Eastern Time uh, here on Blog Talk Radio as well. We're at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Empress Chi every Saturday night. Again, we're in our 12th year.
3: And my sister, we'd like to thank you again for your contribution to today's program. We thank you.
1: And thank you, Brother Africa. Thank you, family. Peace to you all. All
3: right, forward. I uh, listen, ladies, we listen to Emma Chi, who is a founder and originator of the Million Women March and Movement, and they have just given you an update on what's going on in that world and community. What we're going to do, well, before we go to the station rate patterns, I'd like to maybe hear some of you all response that y'all may have to some of the things that may have been discussed and have been shared. But more particularly, your brother Jabari, you, your brother Jabari, had made a point earlier on this whole question of information. How they now going to use information as a tool to make money or deny people for having access to information. For example, if you now want to download course documents and stuff, they'll be accessible. But only if you can pay for it. What do y'all make of this tactic, given what's going on today and the points of information, panelists?
4: There is a tendency to make everything under capitalism to make, turn everything into a commodity, even turn people into, commo, into a commodity. So uh, this is not surprising, but. It makes it more difficult for uh for people to get information out about our plight and uh and without and without information it you know uh it's impossible to spread knowledge about our situation and uh you know as um, you know as she was speaking, I was thinking about that about how much how much of, of our plight we don't know about so it it so it's uh, it, it's, it's critical and i think and i think it, it 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 makes uh more important the work that we do through programs like Africa on the move and new day resurrection
3: yeah know, yeah. other panelists like to respond you can respond to the question well too, empress, because I don't know well. We were just talking about the uh, coming up here with a policy that in order to download court documents and stuff, yes, you will have accessibility to it, only if you can afford to pay for it. So what do you think is the implication of of those kind of policies? How would they impact and limit our ability to have access to what's going on as it relates to not only our struggle, but the struggle of, of humanity in general?
1: Well, Brothers and sisters, I, you know, it, it's definitely um, it's coming, let's, let's put it that way. Uh, we know that they're going to crack down, for lack of a better word, uh, on our capability to communicate. I mean, there's too much information readily available uh, nowadays, and there's no way that they're going to continue to allow that. A few years ago, uh, there was this whole debate and conversation about uh, Internet neutrality. So that gave <clears throat> us our first clue. Uh, we also see the monopoly that's coming into place with Comcast uh, and also the other companies. I don't even want to say their names because I don't want to get them that kind of credence, but but the fact of it is we're now down to roughly, or not we, but this country is now down to roughly like three major companies when it comes to telecommunications. Um, best believe they are, as we know, they're the big boys, and they're going to make folks pay, um, it's already happening uh, Here's the other thing to be careful about not only in terms of the money piece, but your information See money is also accumulated based on how much data they have on us or people in general So not only are we going to be paying for information? We're going to be giving them our information because more and more whenever you go to a website or or Visit whatever they are put down there Uh, this this site has cookies and and you know they want you to agree to uh, being able for them to have access and utilize your stuff well right now most of them will give you that option but in the future if you want to continue on to those sites you will have to click on yes giving them permission to use your data the whole name of that game is to now obtain information because with information They can then create programs, strategies, exchange this and that. So, yes, we're in a serious dilemma. In a way, I kind of like it because it's going to force us, just like this Trump situation, it's going to force us to make some moves. We are intelligent, creative. We are all of these things and above. It's going to make us now come up with some other ways to do some other things because they're going to lock this bad boy down. This internet and other access to, to this and that, they are going to create greater control. They're going to limit our capability to put out information, and uh, they're going to have greater control, not great, but more control over that. So we're giving a heads up right now, but, but this is all getting ready to hit the fan just like a bunch of other stuff. Um it's America. What what would you
2: expect?
3: Anyone else like to respond?
7: <laughs> I I totally agree with uh Sister Empress and that was a great uh a good uh presentation, by the way 'cause like when here in Richmond when you look at the Dominion, Dominion has became become has become a, a monopoly. Um, people are uh, frustrated with the Navy Hill project that's about to take place, the uh project that's about to take place, administered by Dominion and other players, uh VCU included, but you know, mm-hmm. Dominion has stolen three hundred and seventy nine point seven million dollars from customers um uh, in two thousand eight between two thousand seventeen and two thousand eighteen. So and and like uh Brother Jabari stated earlier, they make everything a commodity. Um oh, that, you know, they, you know they make everything a commodity, and they and they and they uh you know and they profit off our labor, off of the masses masses of people labor. Right now you got a case in Africa, not in Africa It's a case with uh, Dell, with Apple, with Ta with mm-hmm. Talsa,
2: um mm-hmm. with
7: Google, with, with with uh with Samsung. Um, that's that's basically stealing the cobalt and coltan out of Africa and using mm-hmm. using African youth to do it. And they get, they're dying mm-hmm. in the mines. And, they, and you know, and, and you got families of these children that, that, that try to sue these people that's doing it. And, and you know, the news, of course, the news is not going to talk about it. You're not going to hear about it. But this is this is what we're dealing with. Imper- imperialism needs to die. It needs to cease. I know we're an educational platform, not an emotional platform. It is, a, you know, emotions going to get involved. You can't help it with this stuff. But imperialism needs to die. It needs to be in a casket. And it needs to be buried. It needs to be uh it needs need to be put, put away and done with for all I, all I care because this, this is this is um this is sickening. This is what they do people. They they don't imperial imperialists and capitalists do not have friends. They only have friends of the same interest. Um mm-hmm. and, and that's the exploitation and that's the economics. So and and and, and, and sister I end with this and sister Empress thank you so much for being on the front line for African women. We do need to spread we do need to spread the truth about all the African women who are being kidnapped. Human trafficking, slaves, all across mm-hmm. the world, including children. So I, I, I mm-hmm. thank you so much. Ashe. Uh I
3: think we got Brother Jabari back. Any uh, comments, Brother Jabari? Yeah, I'm back on the issue that you on the issue that you raised about this question of paying money for public documents and information. You like you? Use-
6: yeah, you know. um... <clears throat> And that's something I'm glad we, um, did, we had a chance to come back to that. Before I get to that point, I just want to expound upon something that Brother Maurice mentioned in regards to the 300 plus million profit that Dominion made. And the thing we have to understand, when you have an energy monopoly like them, do you know what they want to use as a justification for this? They tried to say that it was so that they could find clean energy initiatives because they say that they're supposed to be working on coming up with a way to – not be utilizing fossil fuels But going towards clean energy And they said they needed this money To fund clean energy projects There are companies that um <clears throat> make, That don't have nowhere near The terms of profits that Dominion make That have hey, sustained clean energy for years Even our ancestors have found means To utilize nature to provide energy for years without having this kind of excess Of material resources So what kind of games are being played When you make a comment like that And you're trying to fool the people and that is that's our justification. But we want a full clean. We want to um, use that to source clean energy. If you were really serious about it, you can change the down with that kind of money.
1: You, you know, may, may I just add one thing to that briefly? <clears throat> um, I, I think it's really important that we also see uh, the trickery. That's being applied uh, because they're they're using this kind of uh, smokescreen. Meaning, uh, Bill Gates, for example, one of the major things that he's focusing on, or his company is focusing on, is this clean energy thing, uh, dealing with waste and all that. And we're talking about in Africa. And so, as they're doing that on the surface, and, and I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're spending billions. To, to do this stuff in Africa in terms of uh, using uh, waste to, to do clean, you know, so-called energy. Now, that looks really good on the surface for some, but, but the other thing that they're also doing simultaneously is development of those vaccinations. So while on one hand they're talking about clean this and clean that and whatever, water and so forth, uh, at the very same time, they are uh, expediting their mission and and population control. And, and I, I want to
2: and,
7: and that's a good point, uh, Sister Impress, because it it, it, it was uh, last year sometime it, it it was it was an article in a new African magazine that comes out at Barnes and Noble's uh, bookstore in that article they talk about uh they talk about AIDS being created uh by mm-hmm. uh, uh by a basically by the by united nations by um European government to basically place in south africans to kill off the uh african black african uh black <laughs> african population in south africa mm-hmm. for the south mm-hmm. uh colon, colon. and they and eventually mm-hmm. they came out with a documentary of uh, and i i screw his name up but he was the united nations he was the united nations uh Representative um, Dag Hammarskjöld. I hope I say his name right, but anyway, they had a mm-hmm. documentary on him, Dag Hammarskjöld. He had he was involved with, um, you know, with the assassination of Patrice Lumumba and all of that. He, mm-hmm. and eventually, mm-hmm. he was assassinated. His plane crashed, and his death was connected mm-hmm. to um the uh you know the the uh, implement um the implementation of AIDS HIV in South Africa. So then, I just wanted to add that information um mm-hmm. to input's
4: point about the mm-hmm. assassination.
1: Yes.
4: sister uh, she I'm glad you mentioned uh Bill Gates because uh a, lo- a lot of Africans don't aren't aware that mm-hmm. Bill Gates is a eugenicist. Mm-hmm.
2: And
4: uh yeah and uh, as, as is his father. And uh, you know, and they and they my mounting a camp it's and they mom campaign to be oh, correct, right. Melinda Gates, yeah. And, yep. uh, you know, they're mounting an effort to depopulate Africa.
2: That's so right. people
4: should need to be aware of that, you know. Mm-hmm. I think with the Think Tank Project Century,
3: of, with Project 21st Century of America, something, something that Think Tank, they had oh a God. report out years ago, if I'm not mistaken, that they had projected by 2050 Africa would be a continent, a land without no people. Because oh, that whole oh. base historically has always wanted Africa as a material <clears interior throat> resource base. And one of the objectives was to depopulate Africa. And, um, you know, so with all these things we're hearing that's going on, it's just a continuation of the plan that they have laid out ever since the Berlin Conference, 1884-85, to come and control Africa, African people globally. But anyway, um, sisters and brothers, uh, we're going right now, Pat. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead, Brother Zabari. Brother go ahead.
6: I know you had asked me to um, respond to the point I raised earlier in regards to how they're charging for those federal court documents. Um, The thing we got to understand is there have been a series of cases, and there will continue to be because this is an ongoing battle as people are trying to get the information they need to um, progress and make a better society. There's a question of um, what does public record mean versus public accessibility. Public record means that you know that something does exist. You may know the outcome of a particular case. The accessibility question means, do I have access to what might be considered public record? And the problem we have is that just because it's public record, there's so many parameters that can be put up in terms of the way um, certain legislation is written. Stuff that you would think would be public record, you would not be able to obtain it. And even though you may have a compelling argument, we can go to the court law. It can be simple as a paragraph or one word. Or prevent you from getting the information you need. So it's just interesting in terms of the information we need, and it's not just with these federal court documents, but just in general. Incredible how those who have the resources can write the legislation to make sure that people are forced to um, be misinformed. It's not a matter of there can be a better possibility, but they want the paradigm so people are misinformed. <clears throat>
3: And, again, these are no more than tools and weapons that they are using to control and oppress our people and humanity. So when we're talking about and recognize the reality that we are at war, we also must recognize scientifically what are the very forms of tools and weapons that they are using to keep us in a state of condition. So this is why it's important to have these kind of discussions and give out this kind of information. This is the value that we seek to play at this point in time on well, Africa on the moon. But panelists at this point in time we're gonna to have to pause for the calls. When we come back, we'll continue the discussion and we'll continue to we're gonna talk about a little bit about today's theme, which is part three, weapons, technology and impression. You're listening to Africa on the moon. A real interesting article It talks about the top five uh, U.S. weapon makers out of the top 100 of the world and who they are and how much money they are making in terms of the war machine. And the top five uh, weapon makers of the U.S. are uh, General Dynamics, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman. you have and you have, Rayvon, and you have Borden. Borden. Those are the top five. And from this, one of the things one can gather or one can understand is now we can see who are some of the major players who are benefiting from and creating these walls all around the world, and why there are walls and money is being made, but it doesn't have no impact on the various economy. It only have impact on who are the few individuals who get rich and wealthy. So, panelists, when y'all read this article, I just like for y'all to talk a little bit about a little bit about some of the issues and concerns and points that one needs to be aware of, understanding the nature and the impact of all of these, well, not all of these, just a few um, companies that make military uh, uh, weapons, how they are using the world to become fifth and rich <coughs> at the expense of the masses. Brother Anthony, what was your take from this article when you read it?
4: Okay. Uh, well, that uh, that most of the weapons... that are available, that circulate in the world are made by a few companies. And they talk about the top 100 companies. And uh, there may be others, but these are the ones that dominate the market for the most part. And uh, let's see, the, um, the overwhelming majority of them are in capitalist countries. So it's actually – so it's the hand of imperialism at work for the most part. There are a few in China and um, and some other places, but, uh, but but most of the companies mentioned in the article are located in either uh, capitalist or uh, settler uh, – capitalist countries or settler colonies, such as Australia and Israel and uh so um you know uh and the, the thing that jumped out at me was that there was not a major arms company a manufacturing company in Africa which means that Africa is totally dependent upon uh, uh outside countries for uh, for its weapons and uh that speaks to the failure of Africa to achieve political unification so that it could develop that capacity to manufacture its own weapons for its own defense. Um, Brother, do you have to
3: add Yeah, go ahead, Brother Jabari.
4: Go ahead. I just want to add a couple of points
6: in the green for what Brother Anthony conveyed. One of the points is when you look at the top five um, weapon manufacturers, you'll notice there are several other um, companies that they own. It's very interesting they can use that as a front so people can't really feel it, figure out the essence of where they make most of their money. Because by them utilizing these other companies, given the propaganda um, mechanism they have in place, it's easy for them to show commercials for those other companies. But you know it's very interesting in terms of advertising. You never see these companies talked about, um, maybe with the exception of Boeing, which deals with airplanes, but for the most part, you don't see them really talked about. You may see the smaller companies they own talked about, but it's very interesting ones that do the most damage. There's very little conversation, if any, on them. <clears throat> and the second point I wanted to add is that the article doesn't get into it, but we cannot underestimate the um, importance of lobbying in terms of them doing what they do, because they're very keen on getting to legislatures locally nationally and internationally in terms of making sure that their government will pump in money that will be given to them to create their mechanism for doing what they do. So that's very important. They have the pockets of the politician because that's why so many politicians even retire to become lobbyists because of the profit that they can make. So you got to understand that's an important part of the connection too. you got to follow that money trail. Anybody else would like to share
3: what they took from this article? And,
7: yeah i will go with brother moses moses uh i would will go with this. so i didn't want to cut him off so basically um the point that i want to make out of the article is um first when we when we uh protest wars we need to be protesting these um companies that that included uh you know just to name a few texas instrument electrics and i and i seen this name over and over as a student in school 'cause you uh, we utilize the calculator you know that's made by Texas Instruments and also General Motors and these vehicles Chrysler. These these just some of the three companies that I'm like wow we need we, you know these they they basically plan to have they have a hand in the deaths of many many people. Now on the flip side of this you see you see that American is causing war in all of these countries and you see all of these weapons that are being made and all of the money a total of four hundred twenty billion dollars alone in 2018, in one year that they made together off these weapons. But on the flip side, you got old little Cuba. They bully in and try to squash Cuba like a bug, but this is what Cuba is doing. Cuba got 8,000 doctors in Brazil, 700 in Bolivia, 382 in Ecuador. They had 400,000 Cuba healthcare workers over the course of 56 years. Since 1963, they had over a billion patient visits. So basically when the United States and all these European countries nations are doing all these killing, cuba is is doing all the healing in the world, but then they want to declare war on the doctors that Cuba is providing all over the world they want to get they, they want to they, they, they're not only trying to uh, steal some of cuba doc, Cuban doctors because they got some policy that I can't name off the top of my head right now, but they got a policy out that allows the United States government to take some of these doctors that that Cuba is providing this 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 is this is another example this is another example of these of these uh, uh, in the words of he need the capitalist pig man this is what they do
3: yeah, I just like to allude to the point one the points that remind made in terms of maybe these reports can't be uh truly reflective of real reality in terms of the money that the companies are making because they do allow companies to create create subsidiary other companies under different names as a disguise. Because, you know, as of today, when you look at the group and in, in development of imperialism, they are not trying to create opportunities for others to make money and to dominate the world. They are in the whole monopolistic mode of domination. So it's not that, you know, these few countries are going to let new countries develop. No, 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 no. They want to dominate every aspect of the world when it comes to controlling all the resources. So in reality, you know, you're probably going to have less, less companies that are maintaining this um, wealth to military means than what they are reporting. That's another little point of view I just want to share as we look at this particular phenomenon. Any other Agreed. thoughts on this article? Yes, go um, ahead. Uh, yeah,
4: uh the article mentions that uh that some of the comp- uh the companies in the US merged at, or made uh, huge multi billion dollar acquisitions in order to position themselves to be able to bid on on future government contracts. So it, it, it fits the pattern of imperialism that uh that uh uh Lenin a- analyzed over a century ago in this book Imperialism, uh, the uh, the the last stage, the highest stage of capitalism.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, panelists, we got a few minutes left. Let's go to our next article. which would say is an article interesting? We'd like our viewing audience to take some time to read this particular article. It's titled "The Hidden Military Use of 5G Technology." It was published on the 21st of December 2019 on Telesur, called The Hidden Military Use of 5G Technology. Now, you know, I think it's very important for us to understand uh, the various tef- technologies and means that we are using and its capabilities and, and limitations, and how it can be pla- applied as a weapon, as a tool to be used for us or against us. Now, in this article, it talks about that this new 5G technology the whole aspect of 5G technology is to be an instrument used and developed solely for military use, for the military um, uh, uh, industrial complex, not for civilian industrial complex. But one thing that we are interested in this article, it talk about if you use these various forms of 5G technology, what it does is it makes the military uh, industry a lot more easier to uh, monitor, control, and direct the things that you are doing, because in essence, is not really base for civilian use, even though they say they can allow you to use it. But to the use this, they even talk about how this technology will give uh, these companies, Western co- companies, means to do live experiment, experimentation with human beings while they're using their phone to do the kind of things that they need to do in order to continue to conquer, colonize and conquer the world. I just find that. Um, your really interest in terms of people need to be aware of these capabilities. I think Sister Empress made a point earlier when she was on earlier, talking about just this question of information and how they now are asking you that in order to see that information, they want you to allow them to have access to your computer so they can find out and analyze what you're doing. They are doing that now. That is something that exists now. So we really need to become real conscious of not only what is out there and how to use it, but why it is out there and understand its capabilities and how it can also be used against us? Panelists, what did y'all take from this article? The hidden military use of 5G technology. Brother Anthony, start us off with your analysis. Hello, if we don't have Brother Anthony, what about Brother Jabari? Okay. okay take, yes, I'm, you here. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Me. What? Give your take on the on the article as relates to the know issue
6: um of the military use as of I read the article, as I read the article, it reminded me of a movie that came out 21 years well, approximately 21 years ago in 1999 named Smart House. This was a made for TV Disney movie where there was a metaphor for how. If we're not careful, we can be so technologically oriented that technology all of a sudden thinks it knows what's best for us. And the metaphor was because the house had all this smart technology, it took on the form of an overbearing mother that felt it knew what was best for the inhabitants in their house. They were captive in their own home. And as you read the article, the thing got to understand about 5G technology. As usual in the case of a lot of these advanced phones, it's not going to make the phone more advanced per se, but it's going to increase the accessibility that you have to smart devices in terms of being able to run all your smart devices off this one phone, which, as you know, is very um, dangerous as we look at how those smart doorbells are surveillance instruments, how they're doing everything they can, especially with laptops, to get um their mind and data to see what you're doing. So, as you talk about having more access to those things that can be used to get your information, just like in this movie, they're going to hold you captive and you have the technology um, being that authority figure, like likes of what 1984 mentioned. So, you got to understand when we see these things happen in fiction, it's for a reason. It's not going to tell you what's going to be fictional. It's going to say this is going to be your reality if you don't do something different.
3: I think we have Brother Anthony back. Brother Anthony, to give your take on the article, The Hidden. Military
4: use of 5G technology. Yes. Um I, my take on it is the fact that they, they're using something that that's developed, you know, to enhance smartphones as uh, as a military weapon. And uh the thing is though they rationalized that is that It that was cheaper to do it that way than to do it on their own and uh let's see, and this does um you know it's a it's a dangerous time in a sense, because um everything is being uh, weaponized, and it's a part of the intensification of uh imperialism well my
3: read brother Moses, your take on this article?
7: Uh, as I stated earlier about the um, the lawsuits that the family of the children in in the Congo have against um, some of the uh, companies that I named, we talked about Bill Gates earlier, Microsoft Man, one And one that we did not talk about is LG Kim. And and the thing about this guy G situation, yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have a smartphone controlling your dishwasher, controlling your doorbell, your phone. You got Alexa talking to you, all this stuff talking to you in the iPads, kids on the iPad, you're not reading. On the flip side of that, you got kids down in, in, in the Congo mass families down in the Congo mass getting getting this, uh, getting this minerals for cell phones, computers, iPads, video games, plus TVs, all of this stuff, right? And I know when I was in college, uh, I, I took an IT class, and the professor stated that, all technology is first tried out in the in the, the army and the military before it, it goes to the people. So, that being said, man, it's gonna be a case of of a movie like Will Smith called I, I Robot. <laughs> we gonna be fighting man robots, uh, you know, uh, racist robots basically, because they it, it was an article also that some of this some of this AI technology are uh, developed in um, racial. I think we talk about it here on, on the on the show on this platform is developing racial tendencies. So what, what we dealing with is a beast, man. It's a, a real beast. And uh we we, we we got our work cut out cut out in front of us.
3: This is what go down people. We gotta figure out how we're gonna organize ourselves to fight against this warfare that has been declared against humanity. So panelists we only have a few a few minutes left real quickly, each one of y'all one minute less.
5: Just give us your final thoughts. Brother Moses, your final thoughts for tonight. Yes, it's been an interesting show. Um I'm glad I was able to participate. Um I missed the uh, the voice of uh Brother Haki, um and his it's excellent analysis. Um hopefully you'll be back. Um I think, you know, we we have a lot of work. There's a lot of issues in the there's a lot of work to be done in terms of uh, politicizing people, bringing them up to consciousness about what's really going on so that we can come to a solution. Thank you.
3: Okay. Dr. Maurice, your final thoughts for tonight? I
7: don't know how much, know how much we can stretch it, man. We, we said on every platform for the last 10 or more. I know I've been tuning into to this platform, man, for the last, uh, about ten years, man, 10, ten or so years. So my my thing is, you gotta or, we gotta organize people, African people on the show, European people who are conscious, who got the spirit of John Brown, uh, uh, Rosa Luxemburg. We have to organize, man. We have to read, we have to study, and um, it's to the it's to the point, man. I'm a Akumis, a student of Comus. I feel like a uh, Crimean Coma. Uh, had the solution uh, um, uh, for African, for survival, African people, for the future, African people. We have to, we have to have a, a, a class consciousness We had to have class warfare, man, to to get this stuff out, of, to do away with the oppression that our people are dealing with.
3: Thank you, Brother Marby, for your contribution to today's program, Brother Zavari. you. Your father for us night
6: Time is of the essence. At a rapid rate, all those forces which is which are antithetical to that which is trying to create progress for everybody are uh, constantly um, rewriting the rules and trying to extend the global influence. So we need to be organized. We need to be diligent, and we need not be disillusioned to think that everything is okay.
3: And brother Anthony, your final thoughts so for really tonight?
1: My
4: final thought for tonight is that our Uh, uh, That uh, we are at war Our enemy is fighting us On many fronts So we have to become Permanently organized In order to gain our freedom And we must Join an organization That's working for people's liberation And uh, Pan-Africanism is the ultimate Solution to our problems And that is the total liberation And unification of Africa Under scientific socialism
3: and on that note, we'd like to thank all of our participants, our panelists, our colleagues, and our listening audience for allowing us to come to your home this evening to speak truth to power and to provide you with information so that you can use it as a tool for liberation to help liberate your people and all of humanity. We'd like to remind you: that we must understand that we are at war, and when you fight a war, you must be conscious of the various weapons, technologies. They have been used to oppress your people and humanity. Once you come conscious of these factors, you are in a better position to come up with a plan to counteract them. Until next time, just remember, let's always strive to go forward, ever, backward, never. And pan-Africanism is the key. It will set our African free. Brothers and sisters, join an organization and do something to help limit your people and humanity. Until next time, we see you, We will see you next Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And remember, Africa is on the moon. Yuhuru.
7: Yuhuru.
0: If you think of the Middle East in this modern time, You can't help but say the word Palestine. People there have lost their land. Some have lost their home. They live in other countries, their freedom almost gone. Palestine Palestine. needs needs her freedom. Palestine. Needs our love, needs
2: our love
0: Palestine, needs her freedom Palestine, needs our love There seems to be no answer To give us the reason why needs our love, needs needs our our love, love. Palestine, Palestine, Palestine. needs her freedom, freedom. Palestine. Palestine,
2: Up That's his real name, Loki. Loki is not his real name. Surprisingly enough, it's I'm an important line there. I'm all about peace and love. Yeah. Okay. They're calling him a okay. terrorist. Him a, calling terror. him a terror. Okay. One nation in the world has over a thousand military bases. Can you guess who? It's. Um, oh, let me give you a hint. Cutter. It is not Luxembourg. It's not just Muslims, that have that oppose your imperialism he's going to tell you who it is Lumumba was democracy, Lumumba was democracy, was democracy most exact Allende was there you go okay so so this is the rapper alright that mm-hmm. is music mm-hmm. bust a beat for me alright sure I know, I know what, no.
1: Got
7: the strip was getting bomb, Obama didn't say shit After you divorce yourself from the right wing Propaganda campaign, it's all simple and plain America can stand the game Your president got an African name Now who you gon' blame? When they drop the bombs out of them planes Using depleted uranium Babies looking like two-headed aliens Follow the money trail, that leads to the criminal Ain't nothing subliminal to it That's how they do it, see their game, they run Give a fuck who's he's cutting, articulate
2: and handsome Afghanistan held for ransom by the hand of this black man White power with a black face. He said, "Fuck it, I'll do it." A master of the